Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Arizona Field Podcast. I got a really cool one on here for you today. Um, I'm trying to get this intro while it's still fresh in my mind. It's currently, I think it's half past midnight right now, Saturday night. Uh, we just got done. Actually, there's still a few folks still hanging around at the campfire. But I am at the, it's the first annual women's quail, Gamble's Quail Hunt, uh, being put on by the Valley of the Sun chapter of Quail Forever. This has just been an awesome event. I rolled in pre- pretty late tonight. Um, I shot a 3D uh, a 3D course at Ben Avery this morning. Um, rolled up here and had an awesome dinner. And then we all sat down and did a podcast uh, to highlight you know, this event and all the cool stuff was going on. And what it turned into is... I was gonna. I was about to say quite possibly, but there is no possibly. It is the coolest event or the coolest podcast episode that I've been a part of. Uh, there are just everybody here from the mentors to the hunters have just been fantastic, and I try on this one. I'm trying to do as little talking as possible and let our hunters tell their stories and and tell their tell their viewpoints which is what a podcast should be it shouldn't be just me yakking on and on like I am right now um this is one I really hope that everybody listens to fully it's a long one um I'm not sure what the final edit is gonna be uh but I'm guessing we're gonna be probably on the back side of that hour and a half mark so just a forewarn um but I would really encourage everybody, especially folks interested in hunting, um, give this listen to, a podcast a listen. And the insights that are shared here are just phenomenal. And I cannot wait for you to listen. And I hope you guys all enjoy it. So I guess probably actually, actually should get this thing on the road. Um, so I guess we should probably start out. So we, we're at the... What's the official title of this event? This, this is the Vots QF uh, inaugural women's gamble or gambles, women's gambles quail hunt. QF inaugural women's gambles quail. Hunt. That's why I didn't want to say it. Right, say it that ten times really fast. Right. Rubber. So we are at the, the first inaugural women's quail hunt for Valley of the Sun chapter of Quail Forever, or Vots, as Pat eloquently put it. So we're with kind of everybody. We're in the dining room. We just got done with a really good spaghetti dinner. Um, so we just got everybody in the room. We got three lovely ladies on the podcast right now. Um, <laughs> we'll start at this end. I was gonna start with Heather, but <laughs> Sarah, do you want to kick us off on who you are, what you do, and? Why, why are you here? Sure. Um, my name is Sarah Matiaszek. I married a Polish last name. Um, originally from Michigan. Did not grow up in a hunting family. Uh, suburban, suburban Detroit. How did I get here? Um, met a very good friend who happened to be my boss, who has been hunting and fishing and doing all this stuff his entire life. And... I went to Ben Avery with him one day and he put a shotgun in my hand and said, go shoot this. And I said, okay. And I got hooked ever since. Um, That was about three and a half years ago. I shoot clay targets. I'm very much a new shooter. I only get out a couple times a month. 
um, shoot clay targets. I've done skied a few times, trap a few times. And today was officially the second time I've ever hunted anything. Um, and it was a blast. And I love it. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that works. <laughs> All right, Miss Tanya, you're next. Well, my name is Tanya Iben, and I'm originally from Germany, and uh, never had anything to do with hunting growing up over there. And I came to the U.S., to Arizona, and met my now husband, who actually grew up hunting since he was a little boy. His family's been hunting all his life, and when I voiced interest, he was more than willing to introduce me to that. So I, 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 I always say I hit the lottery with that. I was very lucky that I met somebody who was willing to help me out with that. And at first, I asked him, "Can I, can I just come and watch you guys?" And the next thing I know, I'm trapsing through the desert with a rifle and a tag, and they're hope, hoping that I'm going to get a deer. And that was, I think, about seven years ago. So I've been hunting small game, big game, more or less successfully. Well, usually less successfully, but we're having a blast. And um, when we go hunting, those are our family vacations. So we're trying to go about four, four to five times a year and just, you know, spend the days out in the desert or in the forest. And... Um, I'm, it's one of my personal missions that um, there's a lot of women out there who are not as lucky as I am. They don't have a mentor, they don't have the dad, grandfather, uncle, whoever, who is taking them out hunting. And so I'm trying to spread that and provide opportunities for other women to come out and learn this. I still consider myself a beginner hunter and um, I mean, having a full-time job, you only have a couple of opportunities to go out. And I have two hunting dogs that I'm trying to train myself. And the three of us, we're still not learning. We're still not sure what we're actually doing out there. So this event here was pretty much my opportunity to learn about how do you actually hunt with a dog? What's the proper way? How, how do we communicate? How do we work as a team? Because I need to see that in order to be able to, to train my own dogs and get them to that level. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity to basically have a guided hunt for us with quality dogs and um, go through that experience so that we can then do that, go home and, and do that with our own dogs. No, that's pretty awesome. So I'd I didn't realize that that's, uh, so I knew you had hunting dogs. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. We've been friends on Facebook for a little while now. Yeah. <laughs> and I always see you, you're always out hiking and, and whatnot in the mornings with your dogs. Uh -huh. um, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I also want to say um, we have um, a sister chapter in Yuma, Arizona, where I'm from. And uh, we just got our chapter back in July this year. And we're trying to build up uh, the Yuma Desert Doves. Um, Pheasants Forever group, and I'm trying to network with the Phoenix Valley of the Sun chapter a lot and trying to build that up and have that connection going. Like <laughs> <laughs> There's some shenanigans going on around here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going over to you there, Giggles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. 
Lost it there for a second. Um, my name is Heather Payson. I am a board member of the Valley of the Sun Quail Forever chapter. Um, going on two years now, Pat. Um, and I grew up hunting large game with my father. Never bird hunted. And when I married my husband, he turned me on to bird hunting. Dove was my first experience. And... <laughs> standing out in the field we would literally watch the dove well he watched the dove fly by and he said there they go and I said where <laughs> um, so um, our next experience was quail and um, we got out in the field and um, I had a covey of quail literally flush underneath my feet scared the daylights out of me I screamed like a little girl and then started laughing at myself because I realized those were the birds I'm, I'm trying to hunt and shoot. And my husband's 20 yards away, and he hollers at me, those are quail, you're supposed to shoot them. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, I got my first bird on the wing um, a few months after that, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, but we got tired of losing our birds in the brush because when the quail go down, they flutter right under a bush and they're gone. You can't find them. They camouflage um, in the ground cover. So um, we decided to get a bird dog. I have a almost three-year-old German wire hair that I've been working with and training with and a six-month-old now German wire hair who's coming up to hopefully be a really good bird dog for us. So um, I love this stuff. I love getting new women out um, shooting and mm -hmm. hunting, and I'm a huge supporter of getting more women out in the field. I don't think that um, there's ever been a real big promotion for women hunters, and it's um, something that Quail Forever wants to promote, and I want to promote, and just kind of grow the community of women hunters and support women in this in this field. So. Um, I'm really excited of this first event that we're doing, and I hope to see a lot more to come. Yeah, that's pretty. It's it's pretty. They were actually. I mean, we've we've kind of done these events a little bit, but this is the first solid yeah. women's event. So yeah, yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah, first inaugural. We'll just have to see how far this goes. Oh, we're oh, gonna yeah. take it. We're yeah. gonna roll it's gonna with grow. it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so we're got a pretty wide range of experience. We got a few years going on. Second hunt ever, ever. of anything. <laughs> no, I've, I've never hunt rabbit, deer. Um, I mean, I fished. I grew up in Michigan, but no, this is literally the second time I've ever gone out for this. What do you think so far? I think it's cool. I think it's great. Um, it's really interesting to watch the dogs work, and I have a lot of respect for how hard. I mean, they work their asses off. I mean, as an athlete, I'm a. I'm a veterinarian and I work with horses, so I, I like athletes. And these are, these are the epitome of, um, you think about a racehorse, like a thoroughbred racehorse that wins the Kentucky Derby. These guys are, they don't work that fast, that short, but they run that hard, that long. I mean, endurance athletes, it's, it's really impressive. So you guys got out to hunt today, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, I, so I didn't get here until almost five o'clock tonight. I was, I was busy in, in town today. So... You want to kind of give you a rundown? Like, how did today shake out? What? Well, we all, we all hunted different areas, right? Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. split out in three different groups. Ta Tanya <laughs> and I were in the river bottom, and it mm -hmm. started out, and you think about the terrain, which uh, it, it, was, it was flat, but it was rocky, and that's fine. 
and we and then it got really sandy bottom and we didn't really get into any birds but then we went up a big hill and we got into some higher terrain and we got into a really hilly area that the, the dogs started getting really birdy and that's where we found them and then we had to go down a big hill we got into one big covey that um you said there was like 11 to 15 birds there probably um i took a couple shots but they were way far out and again i'm brand new newbie I didn't hit anything, but it was great to actually see how the dogs pointed and how you have to move and how you have to, like, I kept looking back at the dog, like, mm -hmm. where's the dog pointing? Because that's where I need to shoot. Yeah. And, and, and you keeping your gun in the safe direction so you don't turn and look at, shoot your hunters or the dog. Rule number one, don't shoot the dog. <laughs> um, and so There's I, fist bumps all around with that comment. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, I'm a veterinarian. That would that would break my heart. Um, and, I, and then I would be there, and I'm like, how do I fix this dog? I have nothing. Um, so that that was a good learning experience. And then uh, yeah, just shoot like just getting to shoot the gun for the for me as a brand new hunter was was really cool. Mm -hmm. So is this? Um, so I, was, I think you said you've been shooting for a few years. So was this on your own, or was it a borrowed gun? Or no, I um, a, a friend of mine, like I said, got me into it, and I bought a gun, and I've been shooting clay targets at Ben Avery for three years now, and then dabbled in skeet and stuff. But the whole goal in the back of my mind was, you're going to go out and actually do something with this now. You're going to shoot mm -hmm. something. And so that just came to fruition this past week. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Right, so now we just got to get you... To connect. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot easier said than done with gambles. Yeah, and I've, I've, what I learned from uh, from Pat today is that I'm very much range trained, so it's different <laughs> as far as how you, I keep the gun tucked very much under my shoulder, um, or I should say under my armpit, whereas when you're out in the field, you keep it up and you're very much more relaxed, which I, I that's what I learned today is like, you're not like, here, I'm ready to shoot a target, but no, you're here and you're up here and you're relaxed ready to actually shoot something in the air yeah mm -hmm. no it's definitely a whole different mentality than, than, than range yeah range shooting. yeah my mount is very good apparently but i'm too stiff like i need to just <laughs> relax and find the bird that's one thing i have noticed is like folks they tend to want to overthink it mm -hmm. with, oh with yeah shooting. no it's, you gotta it's, don't think too hard yeah because if you think you're gonna miss uh, exactly yeah it's <laughs> we all did we were all like when we were at the clay targets today we're like we do this no we do this oh shit don't start sorry bad words <laughs> all right um, explicit though beep. Um, <laughs> don't overthink it and don't think about your steps or going through the shot or all that things that we talked about mm -hmm. yeah cause, i mean it's, it all it all becomes muscle memory after, yeah after a while yeah it is and that really does help um so you said you were hunting with tanya yes mm-hmm did you get any shots off today? No, I did not. I'm actually very proud of Sarah that she took the <laughs> shot because I was just standing there and watching like, oh my God, she shot. I, 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 am I supposed to shoot too? <laughs> I, I had the advantage though because I actually saw the little buggers in there and I was like, uh -huh. oh, there they are. But <laughs> then they went up buggers. so high. I was going to say something else, but I've already sworn once. So. <laughs> yeah. Twice, actually. And just hearing where, 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 you know, where your shot went, hearing it in the bushes, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was actually pretty close. They were right they were. there. Yes. They were, like, just a few feet, like, off to my, like, uh -huh. right, left. Yeah. So that was that was exciting. You know, it gets the heartbeat going when, yeah. when oh, that yeah. happens. When they, when they hold that tight, it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, for me, the big thing learning today was how different it is 
hunting by yourself compared to hunting with a dog. Because I would have never covered that terrain that quickly without the dogs. I mean, when, when I hunt by myself, well, you know, you're, you're just expecting something to jump behind every bush. So you're way slower and way more focused. And, yeah. and here we're just, you know, taking a hike, waiting for the dog to do something. And so you're, you're covering way more ground and you can focus more on your footing and, you know, watching the landscape. We found a very pretty canyon that carried water and that was just really neat to enjoy out there while the dogs did their thing in the bushes and tried to find the quail. And so we did a little over two miles and the time went by like nothing because I was so focused on just watching the dogs work that I didn't realize what we actually did. And we did some pretty big hills, some pretty challenging terrain, but you know, you're just going because you want to yeah. keep up and watch and kind of focus through the bushes where, where 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 can you see you know the vest from the dog and just kind of follow it and it was also interesting learning their language you know watching the tail wag yeah. and see how long yeah. do they stand where's the nose and just learning those little little bitty signs and how to communicate i think that yeah. that was that was really the most valuable thing the terminology so the flagging i'm yeah. like what is flagging i mean? know we okay so there's a bird nearby because tail's going like this versus a true point well i mean i know what a point is and that oh they're getting birdie like okay what does that mean but you can see the vocabulary with what they actually physically do and putting that together it, really it helps suddenly everything makes clues. sense yeah. yes mm -hmm. so whose dogs were you hunting behind or who were you hunting with um, it was with uh, Mark and Jim. Mark and Jim. Yes. Uh huh. So you got to see the GSPs at work. Yes. Uh huh. Because you never said it, but that's you. You use you. You got a couple of GSPs, right? I I have two GSPs: a three-year-old male and a one-and-a-half-year-old female. And, and, and I will say, yeah. I don't need like the an acronym GSP until today. I'm like, oh, German <laughs> short-haired pointer. The first time I heard somebody say that today, I'm like, what are they talking about? And then I then I figured it out. So, you too can learn how to do hunting birds. <laughs> so that brings up something that we've been talking about at work. Um, how I'm just about the vernacular. Like, how much of a barrier is that to to getting into hunting? Like, just just the vernacular alone, mm -hmm. just trying to keep up with with conversations, like. Like, is that an actual barrier? Is that something you just kind of, you pick it up as you go and... I think if for, yeah. so, uh, full disclosure. So I walked in yesterday morning and you guys are all sitting here in your hunting gear. And I walked in in my little Midwestern jacket and I felt a little bit intimidated. Not that anybody was doing anything to me, but it was just an unfamiliar situation. But then we started talking mm -hmm. and then like like the conversation just opened and you feel more comfortable saying, well, at first I'm like, well, I feel like a dumb ASS saying, what's a GSP? But then talking to you guys and getting more familiar and being like, I don't know what GSP means. Mm -hmm. And then you answered it. So it's just a, a comfort comfortability. Mm -hmm. Like you guys were very welcoming and not intimidating and not like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I felt comfortable saying, well, what does that mean? And then you just told me. And so that was that was really nice. That was 
it just made it easier. And throughout this day, I've just felt like completely comfortable with all of you. Whereas earlier I was like, I don't know what's going on here. This is weird. I'm uncomfortable. This is unfamiliar to me. And people don't like change or difference, right? But you guys were great. I mean, I, now I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? Like, give me knowledge. Mm -hmm. I agree. I ask a lot of questions where I thought, should I? Should I not? But you don't want to feel like I a dumbass, right? Fear and yeah, yeah. And it got picked up and led into more discussions and explanations, and that was awesome. That yeah. helped a lot. That's definitely. It's definitely good to know that you know it's. But it's nice to see that too. That like, you know, that's the benefit of. You know, chapters of like like Quill Forever, like we have with, with Vots with the Valley of the Sun, is you know it kind of creates that kind of a melting pot. And, yeah. You know, it's a place to go rather than you know maybe like a one-on-one kind of. It's a, it makes it comfortable. Like mm -hmm. you're not familiar, but it's a very welcoming place. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, I think I'm not ignoring you, giggles. It's every okay. time I look over, you got a big <laughs> smirk, and it's, so you want to give us a run? To like, how how'd your day go? Um, well, I hunted with Paula um, this afternoon or this morning um, with her GSP, Sage, and my six-month-old puppy. I the GWP. Him, my GW, my German wire hair pointer. <laughs> um, we had him out on a checkboard following, not quite following Sage, but following Paula mostly. Sage runs big. She's a big runner, so she'll get out. 1,400 yards, 800 yards, she she runs big. Um, but just getting him out there in the desert exposed to what it is while bird hunting. And uh, Sage had one solid point um, that she just rock solid. I put Quinn in a position to see her and held him steady to woe. And... He held it. He saw her that she was on point, cool. and he honored that point. Yeah. Um, and the birds obviously ran because they didn't flush under us. And uh, we moved on from there. But we didn't get into any birds. We heard some calling off in the distance, but we never got to them. Yeah. Um, but we had a nice long walk out in the desert with the pups, and they had a great day, and they're tired, and... Ready for bed. How's Quinn doing with the cactus? He had zero. F yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no cares. He does not care. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I didn't have to pick a lot out of him. Sage had a ton of cactus in her, and we picked some out of her. Um, but he trampled right through it. And it didn't end up with a ton on him, but just one or two. That's but not he did bad. not care. But that's what I've kind of seen with the, it, you know, the wire hairs are, I they mean, don't care what they go through. Right. They just, well, that was kind they're of, bush brushers. Oh, see, with, the, with their breeding, that's kind of the point of the wire part of the hair, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's protective. Deflecting. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of those, the brushy, like the, um, another one of our chapter members has a spinone, and they're the same. Oh, yeah. They, they have the that, same coat, yeah. Yeah. They and that, they're a little bit thick, thicker, yeah. Yeah. They that thick, thick wiry just, coat. Yeah, keep all that, those yeah, thorns and. Quinn's coat's a little, because he's still a puppy, He's he doesn't have the whole wire on his body, um, but his, his feet and legs do. So he looks kind of like a, what do I call him? 
a clydesdale. <laughs> he's got the feather going on. Because he's got the feather uh, more on his feet than anything else in his face. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so yeah. how long until uh, Mark gets a tickle? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have actually, other than the wire hairs, we have a chocolate lab and a blue healer at home. Our old our old dogs. Our chocolate lab's thirteen. Our blue healer's twelve. Oh wow, that's really old for a chocolate. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's he's hanging in there. He's a he's a good boy. He's raised our children. Both of them have, mm-hmm. so they were our child upbringing dogs. And we got into hunting, and our wire hairs are our hobby dogs. So, cool. yeah, they're mm-hmm. they all get along great. But I don't know five. <laughs> I want to get Quinn trained up first, at least. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get right. let's get him finished first, and then we can think about bringing in another dog. <laughs> I can just see you guys rolling up one of these. Got two GBWTs and a little mini GWP. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The little tickle. So we got the pointing dogs, and then we'll have the flushing dog, and we'll be all set. Yeah. Big killer combo. I guess tired. Just stick him in the game bag and just keep on going. True. <laughs> I thought about that today when, when I was out with Quinn. I was like, man, he's, you know, I've the most I've done with him is a two-mile hike, you know, just kind of working him into it. I mean, we covered like four miles of ground today. That's the longest hike he's ever been on, and it was rough terrain. It was, I mean, we weren't just, you know, flat ground. We were all the way mm-hmm. up at the top of those rocks up there and back down in the valley, and he trucked right along, and he did really, really good. So, but I did have my uh, airlift with me, and <laughs> I have the Q5 vest, so you can use that to throw a dog in if you have to. So, we we're prepared to have to deal with it, but I should get them I as a sponsor. To. What? Mm-hmm. You need to get them as a sponsor, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty. Um, I'm not sure why I'm doing a brain freeze right now, but uh, I keep looking at this thing and. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. I'll edit this part out. But, um, like, what are you guys thinking for, like, you guys probably could do the same kind of deal tomorrow, just kind of going out and trying yeah, to get Yeah, I'd like to, um, I mean, the terrain that we, that, that our group hunted this morning was awesome. I mean, it was really cool. We got into water, which, I'm a Michigan person, and I saw water, I was like, ah, oh, like, my eyes <laughs> gravitated gravitate. towards it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but just trying different terrain, um different dogs one thing i learned today was i thought that bird dogs were all trained standardly like it was the same thing across like every dog every breed had the same cues the same commands and i was like oh no it's very standardized and it's also it's it's dependent on handler slash trainer slash dog um and so that that was interesting to me um and how different it is to work the dogs differently and follow them differently so just to, to see different things, um, that that's cool. No, because it is a pretty unique thing. Like, everybody's got their own mm-hmm. way of doing things. You know, it, yeah. It, but I mean, everything, it's everything from, you know, how you shoulder a gun to yeah, you know, yeah, how yeah. you train how you a dog. Yeah, how you hold your gun, how you, you cradle it, how you call your dog, how you, um, mm-hmm. there's, like, you did a lot of voice commands versus there's um, whistle commands versus, and I'm probably not using the correct terminology, um, so yeah, I just, uh, I thought that was really cool. Like how Tanya was like, oh, just seeing, like you'd never hunted with dogs before. I've only hunted with dogs once. So that's the only thing I have to compare to. Mm-hmm. And even the, um, my friend that I went out with last Saturday, I noticed was different. 
he kept his dogs in very close. Like they never got more than 90 yards away versus was it Josie that got out like 600 yards away? Um, and we were, we, we were walking really, really fast. What's that? Roxy. Roxy. Yeah. Roxy. <laughs> Roxy. Sorry. Uh, so many dogs. Where credit um, is due. <laughs> so when I was hunting with my friend, it, like we, we were walking really, really fast to keep up with the dogs versus today. We just kind of, it was relaxed mm-hmm. and we just kind of let the dogs do their thing. So I, it's mm-hmm. just different hunting styles. Rex, I mean, especially when you guys were, because it was kind of like, it sounded like it was kind of like a prospecting hunt. Like, you, you, you knew there was birds in the area, but you weren't sure where they were. So exactly. kind of like going mm-hmm. in and, yeah. you know, yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. find them. Yeah, it was like that. So, when you guys first showed up, were they doing a lot of calling, or have they been pretty quiet, or? They were quiet, at least ever, in the air park, or the airstrip. They were really quiet up there, so. We had, coming down the hill after we had gotten up, we heard two birds call and that was it yeah yeah we didn't hear anything until we got up into the hill area actually right at the water yeah that's where we just kind of hung out and chatted and enjoyed the shade and watching the water and suddenly you heard them calling in the bushes on top of us and everybody went spins around and goes oh (laughs) there we go and from then on the dogs kept following we kept following walked up the steep hill and on the top where it got really brushy when we were out of the canyon, that's that's where they were and where we kept chasing them up and they ran yeah. and we chased and they ran. Yeah, starting to do their <laughs> chucker impressions, getting up onto that steep stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to add I learned a lot about the equipment today too and I think that was also one of the reasons why I was looking forward to this weekend because... I want to know what other people are using, what brands they're using, what works for them, and just seeing the the um, the GPS is in action with the dogs, and that both of you guys, uh, Mark and Jim, you had each other's dogs on each other's GPS, so that was kind of interesting to see how you worked with each other and. I'm contemplating, is it worth investing in that equipment? But seeing it in action and how you actually use it out in the field, that makes the decision so much easier. And then this evening, I interviewed a couple of you guys. Well, what kind of pants are you wearing? What (laughs) brand names are you recommending? Because I get inundated with advertisement and discounts and emails and back and forth. And I have no idea, is this any good? Is it worth the money? So that helps a lot if... If you have somebody actually there with the equipment and you can touch it and feel it and say, yeah, I think this is something I want to invest my money in. So this is kind of shortcutting the process and you know, using somebody else's experience. I mean, that, and that's, you know, one of the big benefits of mm-hmm. being able to come to this. Because one thing I, I don't see on the table right now, but like I always see it with the, with the notebook. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm not picking it. I'm just saying that's an awesome idea because that's something you don't see very often. It's folks like actually, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I wear XYZ pants. You know, you're, you were asking about the pants earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I would just say, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I might look it up, you know, I might make a text or something on my phone, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're actually, you know, recording I actually it. I forgot my big notebook. I'm regretting it big time. <laughs> I just have a small one. <laughs> but, I mean, no, you're making good good use of it already, though. Yeah. yeah I mean, in, in lieu of not having your, yeah. what well, sounds like a big <laughs> notebook. You bring up a good point. Like, for me, that somebody that's so new, like, I just have a regular pair of, like, old navy jeans on right now and mm-hmm. when i went last weekend i'm like oh i learned what cat claw is um <laughs> that's a thing and so i see everybody's pants and i'm like 
okay, what are those and where do I get them so mm -hmm. I don't get cat claw in my leg? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess, I mean, we were, so you brought up the cat claw. We got the, it's been rough terrain. What's been the biggest hurdle so far? Like what's, like, I'm not saying there's anything bad, but what's been the biggest thing that like, oh crap kind of event? Well, this is going to sound cheesy, but for me as a woman, I mean, I've got a seven-year-old kid at home. I, uh, it, for me, it's just mm -hmm. time. It's just finding the time to get out. Mm -hmm. So um, even though I've been shooting for like three and a half years, I only get out to Ben Avery probably once or twice a month for a couple hours on like a Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, so it's just, it's just finding the time to get out and to get better at it, which is why this weekend has been great because I've been able to just like focus for 48 hours and like all the shooting that like with the clay targets we did this afternoon the repetition the the um mm -hmm. the practice i feel like it's it, it's going to make me a lot better so yeah it's just it's just timing for me so that's one thing we didn't we didn't talk about is outside <laughs> of the hunt mm -hmm. is there's been some other stuff like like the clay shooting that you guys have done and mm -hmm. um like how did how did that differ from the like, did, did you learn anything new when at the clay target shooting yes yeah. so <laughs> pat here taught me that i'm very i mean i've only been shooting at the range and so i'm very much range trained as he said so i keep the the butt of the gun very close to my shoulder very much to my cheek versus when you're out in the field and you're shooting something you have to be much more relaxed and to be much more quicker to get at it yeah. um so it, it was interesting like my my friend, my instructor, he's very, we're very much about gun fit and gun mount. And I've got that down now, fortunately, thanks to him. But out here, it's a very different scenario. And you have to, you have to change how you do things to, depending on whatever discipline you're shooting. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that makes sense to me now. So I got to practice if I'm at the range, I'm like, like up like this versus now if I'm going to hunt something, I have to be a lot more relaxed to be ready to get up there. Um, so out of curiosity, what are you, what are you shooting for a shotgun? Oh, I have a, um, it's a 20 gauge Winchester 101. Um, got it at, um, William Larkin Moore, uh, three years ago. Uh, it's a, yeah, just as really, it's actually a, it's a youth gun cause I'm a woman. Um, it's really short, but, uh, and I had, um, the original stock I actually had replaced it's cause I'm right handed, but left eye dominant. And so I, and I had the cast change. I had this, the stock bent to like three sixteenths of an inch cast on. Um, and that wasn't enough for me. So I just had a new um, stock put on it last week, actually. Um, good guy up in Prescott, Brett Hall, much props. Um, and my friend fought, bought on eBay a left-handed stock that the, that Brett put on for me. And so hmm. that today's the second time I've ever shot that. So wow. I'm still actually trying to like learning how to get used to it. But did you notice, like, the first time you, you were able to shoulder it with that with this new stock? Oh, it was way better. That yeah. Oh, it, it, instead of, like, in, in my first stock, um, I was looking down the right side of the barrel, like, every time. And that's just how the gun fit me. But this time, I'm, like, I'm like down the middle every single time. But I haven't mm. really I, – I tend to close my right eye, like, like I'm, I'm, like, a <laughs> rifle shooter, which I know you're not supposed to do, and it's a bad habit, and I'm working on it. Um, and the ones that I did hit today, I was like, keep your eye open, Sarah, and, and I hit it, so. Yeah, because it's mm -hmm. kind of – like, just – I know this is not going to be able to pick us up in the podcast, but out of everybody that's in the room, who shoots single eye versus both eyes open? 
Who should si- who should single eye? Put it that way. I was sort of doing that as well, and then Pat was like, "No." <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to do that. It's bad. So sounds like you got to get on Trevor for that now. <laughs> you can see the flaw in training there when he told his wife, "Just close that." <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going to be attack Trevor hour. <laughs> so when I asked. That one. (laughs) ASU Trevor. Uh, (laughs) uh, So Tanya, when I said learning something new, you made a face. So what what did you learn? (laughs) Well, the the clay shooting, I thought that was an ingenious idea out there because I've been shooting on the range for years and years and just preparing for dove hunting and quail hunting. And I always realized it's a very artificial environment. Because you're standing there with the gun propped up, ready to go, safety off, and all you need to do is yell for the bird. And I mean, it can't be more artificial than that. And I always knew I need more time out in the field shooting. But if you don't see anything, you don't get to shoot out in the field. So this today was like the perfect simulation because Pat had us walk over rocks, walk towards the bushes, imagine there's a dog, and imagine that's the bush where they're going to jump out of, so completely refocus from looking up in the sky ready to shoot, yeah. or have, uh, have us turn away from where the bird's going to come up and swing around and turn around. So it was the perfect simulation, and I have to say, I've never shot that much out in the field with yeah. uneven ground and rocks and, you know where you have to pay attention to everything all at once. And I think that just elevated the skills and the level of practice that we had today. That was, uh, yeah, ingenious to do, and I feel a whole lot more comfortable now. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I didn't know, because obviously I didn't get here until much later, but that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty slick. Having that opportunity. I mean, you can't do that on the range. I mean, yeah. Oh, you can, but they only let you do it once. Oh. It was. It was great training because it was controlled because you're like, okay, well, I know where the bird, quote unquote, is going to go. But like one time I mounted and my left heel was on a rock and I'm just like, oh, crap, what is this? Or, um, you know, the turning one that we did that was like, oh, well, that's that's difficult, which is not going to happen at the range. But if you're out shooting, it's going to be anywhere. Yeah, because you never you them little buggers will find the any little hole to mm-hmm. pop out. Oh, they're wily little bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's three. <laughs> <laughs> I am officially banned. <laughs> no, it just officially means I got to put a big E on this. All right. <laughs> um, I guess I should say, because it's, it's, it's always a co- topic, is whenever you're around, you're, you get women that shoot and actually know what they're doing behind the shotgun, which you three are. What are your, like, we're, so you're shooting the 101. Which mm-hmm. is your 101? Tanya, what are you shooting? for a shotgun? Uh, I have over-under. I have a Stoga 20-gauge and a CC 20-gauge. Which one do you prefer? Um, it might I'm just not sponsored be... sponsored No, no, no. <laughs> I, the CC is a little lighter, but I, it might just be very subjective, but I think the Stoga shoots a little farther. So that's more of an advantage when you're out in the field. But you have to carry more weight, too, so you kind of... I tend to use the Stoger the first day and then the lighter one the second day. Right. And I wonder if yeah. that has something to do with it shooting further, quote unquote, is 
because you had that weight to sit. You're not so whippy with. It might be, yeah, and that might just be me subjectively, and but. Right. Well, um, it might just fit you a little bit better. Yeah, it could be, and I mean, I'm always of opinion I need to be able to shoot several different guns. I don't want to be just a one gun person. I need to be able to adapt and feel the difference. So I kind of like switching between the two and. Yeah. What if one fails and then, you know, the hunt's over? You you need to be able to have a backup. So. Well, I can see that. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always been a, a fan of, you know, I, I probably shouldn't talk because I own a bunch of guns. But it's, <laughs> I always had, like, my, my deer rifle is I shoot the one. Just, you know, mm-hmm. fear the man shoots one gun or whatever that saying is. And, mm-hmm. um, Beware the man that shoots one gun. He shoots it well. What's that? <laughs> Beware the man that shoots one gun. He shoots it well. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true because you get so used to it. Yeah. No, um, and then Miss Clay Shooter Heather. <laughs> How many different guns did you shoot? You shoot for leagues this with this year? Uh, I shot two different guns Just two for different league. Guns? Yeah, I I shot uh, my my usual gun is a Franke Renaissance or a Franke Catalyst Instinct and a twenty gauge over under, and for league I picked up the twelve gauge when we went over to the rattlesnake course yeah. for the longer distance. So that was a a Franke renaissance that's the 12 renaissance? gauge yeah yeah what'd you think of that uh i know we talked about it what'd you think about the tower shot like when they put it up on the boom lift that was a very challenging shot but i actually hit one of each of them <laughs> and i was super stoked because i mean literally what they were 60 70 80 when yards you saw the clay was that probably it was probably at like 40 45 yeah oh, yeah they literally they had them up on a a boom lift they're way up there they were yeah. way up there and the clays come shooting out and they don't even come into your line of sight till at roughly 40 yards hmm. and they're going down so i mean you have to literally be like your shot has to be dead on for yeah. the clay to fly right into it. So you got to have it's a five o'clock hole, but there's about two hands in front of it. Exactly. <laughs> two yeah. hands worth of daylight. In exactly. Front of it. it was, it was a tough shot, and I don't think I think one other lady on my team actually hit one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was very it was challenging. Who was the other lady that shot? Just give her a shout out. It was Toby. It was Toby. It was Toby. Okay. Even with yeah. that, she wasn't shooting the gun with the spinning. Uh, no, it the, her wasn't the, not the not the spinning buttstock. I think she was shooting her uh, her her twelve gauge. Oh, uh, yeah. the the over under. The over under. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I know we talked about like a um, little bit of the hurdle stuff. What do you guys think is wrong with guns today being marketed for women? Like, are they actually fit? Actually, fit you well? No. Or no. Not at all. No. No, I, I will honestly tell you, like, for, for me, my gun mount is, my the my butt of my gun sits r- just, I have, like, the corner of my gun butt on my shoulder. Yeah, I've seen you Sit. shoot. It's, it's, it's way high. Yeah. It's way high because I, to get the cheek weld, yeah. my gun butt has to be really high up on my shoulder. I'm the same so, way. And I pull in really tight to have a good fit. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's that was something I realized when I was shooting. It was very inconsistent because when I first started, I had my gun mounted lower, but I had my head tilted. You got to tilt your head. And um, my shots were just completely inconsistent because your sight's not right. 
You know, mm-hmm. your your right. your if your head's angle, looking, yeah. right? If your head's leaning over your gun, you're not really aiming correctly. So, to get my head straight, I had to raise that butt up and bring it up on my shoulders so I could keep my head straight and see my target, and I became way more accurate. And is that has that translated in to out here to out in the field? Or? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, today we were out there doing our shots and and we weren't we're walking as if we were walking in the field carrying our guns you know where you're not mounted so we're walking up the bird launches you mount your gun and take the shot there were several times that i knew my gun mount was not right Mm -hmm. i didn't have it in the right spot and i missed Mm -hmm. i missed a lot but when i got that gun mount right Mm -hmm. i hit it Right, because it's, it's, yeah, the, the shot's all in the mouth. I always. It, no, it really is. Because, I mean, everything's just lined up perfectly for you to make that shot. And you're tracking your target perfectly, and it just, it happens. Mm-hmm. So I am curious with that, um, which I know that stocks are, you know, because I've always heard, like, on, in general, women have longer necks yes. than, than men do. Um, with that, uh, is, it, is it more pronounced with different types? different actions of guns like is it more pronounced with uh say a semi-auto or a pump versus an over-under with with that taller receiver so i've actually shot both uh a pump my first gun my first hunting gun was a youth model uh pump shotgun and like a little um, late 70 or something uh it was a what was it a mossberg mossberg um and you know i mean i could hit with it i got my first bird on the wing with it you guys are laughing at me it's hilarious no, we're laughing at him oh no, i mean but yeah um that was i i i got my i got my first bird on the wing with that gun right um but i didn't realize that you know there was a different fit to a gun or it you know it could there was women's models of guns or this or that. I actually own two women's models guns, and they have a raised comb. But yes. even then, they still don't don't fit right. They're not the. It almost seems like the butt of the gun needs to be a little bit wider, like, the like taller. Sh- mm-hmm. The whole butt of the gun needs to be taller, not just the comb. It needs to be the butt of the gun needs to be taller mm-hmm. for a woman. Mm-hmm. We have such yeah. we have such small pockets, and I I struggle You're with the same the thing. Yeah. yeah, and so just for the listeners, the butt of the gun. Thank you. The butt of the gun is way high, and it in order to get it up to your cheek. Yeah, and then you find yourself like cocking your head, and I have to lean forward a lot more to make it to make to make it fit. Um, and then there's a the brand called Siren. That, that's marketed towards women, yeah. which I would love to try one of these days. But, it, the, I mean, before I get there, I need to be more consistent, you know? Yeah. So, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, when you said it's got a, is it a built-in, like a Monte Carlo style stock, or is it like an adjustable, like the two bars? Oh, now you're getting a little bit above my, Monte, my knowledge range Mark's there. not, but is he, are you dying to Monte Carlo? Or? Okay. It's just a. It, so you can actually see it on the on the butt of my gun. It's yeah. you know it, it there's a little lump and it comes up and it's a little higher, a little thicker through yeah. the the butt of the gun. It's just that it seems like it needs to be flared maybe a little bit more so you get a little bit you have a more surface area there so yeah. that we can make the shoulder mount and the cheek weld you know all in one. 
No, that's definitely interesting. Is that mm -hmm. um, how do you guys feel about that surmisation? Well, it's because Tiny's been very quiet. I, I I just had a recent experience. I won a gun at the Phoenix Chapter banquet, and um, I was really looking forward to trying it and shooting it, and coming to find out my hands not big enough to hold the stock and properly pull the trigger. It's not sitting where it should be, the trigger at the joint. It's yeah. sitting at the fingertip because with me wanting to hold the gun tight and pulling the trigger, it's not anatomically possible for me to do that. So unfortunately, that's not my, my gun. So I have to. Was it I had to trade it in. I mean, that's still good for me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> was it? But I'm curious. Was it a women's no, model? No, no, okay. it was not. I mean, it still sucks. Yeah. It, it didn't fit. Yeah, but I, I thought that was very interesting. You know that there's, yeah. you know, the guns that were the a shotgun over under that where the hand doesn't fit. No, that's definitely it. Mm. That's yeah. not what you hear. And I mean, often. I have small hands, so I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm. General, though, in mm -hmm. well, yeah, <laughs> I've I've shot several different models of of, of yeah. over unders, uh -huh. you know, and a lot of them are are men's guns, you know. I've shot the 101. I've shot several different Frankies. I've shot some Brownings, you know. I just I know for me that I have to have that butt mount on my shoulder a little mm -hmm. higher mm -hmm. than like my husband does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's, that's just kind of how it works for me, and I, I adapt to it. Yeah. But you shouldn't have to. True. That's but what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if I didn't have to, and, you know, yeah. that, so, would, that would be great. But the raised comb is not the only fix. They're, you know, I think if they could somehow flare that butt a little bit wider yeah. so that women could get that secure shoulder mount... I think it would be awesome. And mm -hmm. the cheek belt. So you started saying the flare, and you said it a couple of times. I, I think I'm, I'm picturing the wrong thing. Are you thinking, like, if you're looking top down at the stock, you know, the gun is facing away from you, barrel's facing away, you'd mean the actual the stock get wider? Get that way flare. Yes, okay. height-wise. Height-wise. It needs yeah. to be higher. Higher. So okay. That we can That's what I thought you were saying the first the time. Then you started saying, I thought maybe just not maybe fatter. it was too, too skinny not, to be in no, the pocket. No, not fatter. Mm -hmm. Taller. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, you're not so, doing like, this. They, they, they make the raised comb <laughs> yeah. in the okay. women's guns. They make the raised comb so you can get the cheek weld. But you get the cheek weld, but it's still not it's sitting still not a good it's mount. Still in high. your shoulder. Mm -hmm. You still have to mount that butt higher on your shoulder. Because even with that... And it makes it so... Like, I, I do struggle getting my gun mount up consistently every time. Mm. Yeah. Simply because I'm only using this much of that butt pad. Yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. On my shoulder. So with that, with me just picturing a shotgun mount, if you're raising that comb, you gotta be looking down on that rib. Like is it no, can you still I, I look up on the rib. You're still on the rib. But, okay. But there's so that, much drop in traditional men's stocks. Yeah. That's what that's what you're not recognizing is what they're saying is there's too much drop in a traditional stock. The problem Well I'm getting that but uh -huh. every youth has that same problem. Yeah. 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 When uh -huh. I'm coaching the youth keep trying to tell them to get that gun higher on the shoulder because their eyes are not level. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. And with those eyes not level, you're not seeing that, that yeah, you're not getting that, that step right. target correctly. Yeah. Uh, women have the same problem as you. Mm -hmm. 
And then you get the bruises because you you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the mount's not right in the in the pocket. It's, it's mm -hmm. up on the shoulder yeah. bone. Yeah. Then you wind up with folks not wanting to shoot anymore. Mm -hmm. and everything else. Yeah. So we're getting called out. Uh, yeah. Um, well, actually, we'll, well, I'm going to turn it off. Um, I got to swap batteries out, and then we'll be right back on. Was uh, who's coming? Larissa, and who else is going to be on for the next one? Just Larissa. And Morgan. Morgan. We have blonde hair. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. I got you something at Target. It was on sale. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so we're back we got a couple new guests and pat uh so first up we have guest and pat, I love and, pat. And, pat. and pat yeah he's just here so we have uh two new folks on here um definitely not the first well you've been on a podcast before no never first time all right so we had a newbie newbie and larissa have you ever been on one all right. Yes. I kind of thought I, I heard you on a couple, but yeah. So yeah, we have uh, Miss Larissa Harding. Um, you want to give a little intro and kind of what you do and why are you here? Sure. So I'm Larissa Harding. I'm actually the statewide small game program lead for Arizona Game and Fish Department. So uh, quail kind of fall under my program. And uh, I love to be at these events because, uh, like you've heard before from both Tanya and Heather, I, um, I came, to, well, I think all of us actually have come to this sport as adults, hunting as adults. Um, I hunted for a long time with a camera, but uh, have spent uh, several years now hiking with a gun. And uh, <laughs> and uh, have over the years learned how to make that more um, successful as a hunting activity. But um, one of my big um, motivating reasons, I guess, to be here is much like Tanya and, and Heather said, like, I really would like to see more women in the sport. Um, I feel like we do a lot of great things for kids and it's always traditionally been a man's sport, but... Uh, you know, there's a lot of truth to the saying that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Um, mom and dad control the finances. So if mom and dad aren't involved in the sport, then kids aren't either going to be. And um, and I think there are a lot of women that are really, really interested and want to be active in the sport. And so the more of these kinds of activities that I can help promote or, or push or support, um, I love to do that. I do a lot of mentoring for big game <coughs> camps for women and um, really have enjoyed seeing those first-time hunters develop skills and confidence and have a lot of fun and be able to harvest an animal and take it home and really take it all the way from field to table and feel a really big sense of accomplishment and so those are the kinds of activities I really like to be part of. Well, that's phenomenal and definitely glad to have you on and Miss Morgan. Yeah, my name is Morgan Shelley. Um, I am a complete newbie to this. <laughs> this was my second day shooting a shotgun ever. Oh, not just hunting, but shooting. Oh, yeah. 
And second time hunting, I went out with my husband a couple weekends ago, but I didn't take a shot. And this morning I also didn't take a shot. I just was not feeling very confident. Um, but yeah, the, we did, as Tanya said, when we did the clay simulation activity this afternoon, I feel like tomorrow morning, you know, I feel ready to go out and take a shot if some quails flush. So how'd she do on the clays? <laughs> no, nobody left because we, so she was, she wasn't, when we let her do it, just kind of standing there like she was at a range, she, she was, she broke a couple of clays. But then when we started saying that isn't going to work in the field yeah. and, and finally getting the backstory on how little actual gun handling she's done. Uh, so we worked on her mount. We worked on her positioning. We worked on her footwork, and she ended up. She had so many rounds with those clays where she was so close. She had to break through, and at the end of the day, she broke through. Even though she didn't want to pick up the gun, it was really, it was a really gratifying part of the day to see her kind of get coerced into taking the gun, going up, uh, walking the line, doing that simulated walk up to a flush and watch her hit and then recover and about get the double and so for somebody with that little shooting experience um as well as i think she was fighting some intimidation she was shooting with some ladies that are pretty good shooters and and uh i i just hats off to her i thought it was uh i thought it was really badass (laughs) (laughs) so as a brand new shooter um what's been your biggest i keep i don't want to use the word hurdle because it's not a challenge hurdle. use challenge. the word challenge that's a better word for it intimidation what's, is an okay word because it's really intimidating first yeah it I, is there I is a lot of intimidation just firing a shotgun is intimidating like they're powerful and you know if you don't mount it right you can hurt your shoulder you can get a bruise and like pat said i was working through all of that like getting all the form correct and and then on top of it you know you're if you're in the field hunting like you're walking up to where that dog pointed and ready to flush those birds and that's like a whole different thing than if you're just at a range like oh I'm going to practice my mount and shoulder it properly and have it against my cheek like when you're out in the field and then you're thinking about that on top of everything else like it's a lot yeah well and you're warned don't shoot your hunting partner shoot the dog and you're dead to me you know there's a lot that that there there is a whole lot that goes into creating a stressful situation for a new hunter that that you know as a lifelong hunter i'm not an adult onset hunter i started when i was i don't remember the first time it was so young when i went out with my dad and and trying to get that level of comfort with a hunting situation with somebody who's basically this was your first ever time um shutting that off was getting her to shut off some of that intimidation and and just kind of relax enough to make the shot was was her biggest challenge there and to her credit i mean because she could have folded up and said you know this ain't my thing Instead, she kept at it, and I just, all of our ladies this weekend are just top-notch women, and I, I really, uh, and 
you know, uh, Morgan's no different than the others. Uh, just really a testament to the, to the spirit of, of, you know, being dedicated to learning a new skill and trying to get good at it and really enjoying this time with them. Yeah, so you're having fun, right? Oh, yeah, it's been great. I'm looking forward to going out tomorrow morning. See, yeah, everybody's heading out tomorrow. I'm, I'm kind of, when I got stuff going on, I can't be out, be out there to, to join everybody, but I really look to get out and, and check it out with you guys. Um, what's, so we talked about the challenge. What's been your favorite thing so far at, at this event? The dogs, seeing the dogs yeah. um, work in the field has been really amazing. I've, you know, heard so so much about it and my husband is the one who's pushed me to be here and he's talked about it and he wants to get a Brittany and um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you don't see his pat cheering yeah there's a whole lot of fist bumps right next to me all right that's the show at 9 30 <laughs> Overgrown a hamster. Never heard that one for a Brittany. Uh, that's what they look like. <laughs> Robotic <laughs> automaton for a GSP. Oh, dear. Anyway, can we get back on task? She was saying they were getting a Brittany. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it's great to actually be out hunting and seeing it in person, not just hearing about it and seeing the dogs work. And it actually is amazing. They are like Sarah said earlier, amazing athletes, like what they do. It's, it's, it's really neat. No, they are. They are definitely that. Um, sorry, I just had it back in my head. I never, I said two guests and Pat, but I never actually said who you are. I've been on this before. I'm Pat Moore. I'm uh, president of the Valley of the Sun chapter of quail forever. Uh, Forcer's firefighter. I own Black Tree Kennels and where we're training facility, and I also guide for Lunar Reader Outfitters. So, and resident grumpy old man. If you say so. <laughs> There's a lot of chuckles that agree with me. Everybody needs one. Get off my grass. <laughs> <laughs> Solar. Solarisa. <laughs> Uh, you said, so I wasn't aware, I didn't know you started as an adult with, with hunting. Like, how long you been, uh, have you been hunting? It's probably been about uh, eight or nine years now. Um, I started out with the, I guess the very first bit, um, Ben Avery sponsors a, like a two-time, I guess, introductory shotgun class for women. And uh, I think they called that the Desert Roses. Mm-hmm. So I started out with that and then went on to the Amateur League, the Cactus Friends. Uh, really enjoyed sporting clays and trap more than skeet. And so kind of stuck with sporting clays and trap. And, Skeet's stupid. And then uh, one of the coaches suggested I might like dove hunting. And so the first time I went out dove hunting with her, um, that experience was, you know, standing under a setting sun and waiting for doves to fly over. And I thought, wow, this is really not exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but my dad grew up, or my dad always talked about pheasant hunting in Nebraska. Uh, He did his PhD there in Nebraska at Lincoln. And so he had bird dogs and, and hunted pheasants. And 
And I always thought that was that sounded fun, and so I kind of said, "Well, I'm going to give this another try." And um, eventually, with this, with my position at Game and Fish, I was uh, I went down to Yuma, which is the dove hunting capital of the world here in North America, I think, and uh, um, got to be part of opening days with the dove hunting, and that was. Uh, definitely much more convincing of like hey this is like wing shooting can actually be fun um, and uh, got super excited about that and really enjoyed it and then uh, actually just harvested my first gambles quail last year with Heather and her mark uh, her husband Mark over there German wire hair and uh, harvested a scaled quail just earlier this week and so those are my first for quail uh, in the in this world so it's been kind of fun yeah that's pretty awesome um so i should mention so was that at the that you was messing with that mic man <laughs> yeah all i can hear is his mic just going off my ears so that was at um that was burrow yeah, creek last year yeah. yeah burrow creek which is another one of the vats key west Barrett valley of the right. sun yeah. yeah right so another example of you know folks getting out and you know, getting there. So, did you? I'm assuming you, like you, you had your wildlife career and then you transitioned into hunting. Which came first, the the, the wildlife or the? I, w- I was yeah. I've been a wildlife biologist for <laughs> going on 20 years now, or more. Um, but like I said before, I've always I, I have done a lot of tracking and trailing with wildlife for my job and just as fun. And so I had a lot of the same of the basic skills that are needed for hunting you know I knew how to sneak in someplace I knew how to read some signs I knew how to do those kinds of things so it may not have been quite as new or intimidating as as it might be to somebody that's brand new to all of that Um, but I you know I hadn't carried a gun I didn't even carry a gun for self-defense in a lot of those years and so um, that aspect of it and then being able to shoot on the move or, you know, be ready to shoot um, was new. And um, I think one thing that intrigued me and one thing I'll say about this weekend that's really been fun, like I love the I love the shooting and I love to watch the dogs, but one of the things for me that hunting is in my life is without the camaraderie and the memories that you make, I really wouldn't be as excited about hunting as I am. Like I, I like to harvest things and take them from the field to the fork, but um, I really love the the time that I get to spend with friends or family, and and that to me was really neat and has been fun to watch at every event that I go to is just the camaraderie that occurs. You know, the the new shooters like Morgan that we all cheered when she shot. You know, when she got her clays, <laughs> and the, and and the you know the pedestal that I got put on today by Paula, one of the other gals, and totally ruined my record, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, just things like that. But I, I love that camaraderie and the, the support that comes. And I think that comes very naturally with women. And that's been a really fun thing to see with this camp and the other, you know, big game camps and other small game camps that I've been part of. No, because it's definitely, I think that's one thing that's, like, it's not a facet of all game hunting, it seems like. Because like, you talk about the big game camps and, you know, we have, you know, camp life and, and that kind of stuff. But, like, Upland especially just seems to have a, it's a different level. There's a very social element yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, until the dog goes on point, you know, you're, you, yeah. 
you have a lot of opportunity to interact and kind of give each other a hard time and boost each other up it, you know it's the desert people can get tired and hot and discouraged and it's time to boost them up and buck them up and keep them moving because that dog's still working so uh, I, I i think it's an ideal format to foster some of those friendships built over the the sporting life yeah for sure um so coming into it this is a question i should have i should have asked our first three lovely guests uh as an introductory species, like, do you think quail is kind of where it's at for, you know, somebody like, 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 I'll give this one to you, Morgan. Well, I mean, just getting into the sport, just getting into hunting and dogs and shooting, like, how has quail been as a goal species, I guess I'll call it, like, versus, you know, like the thought of going deer hunting or, or turkey yeah, right. hunting or... Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, for me, I don't know if I could do any big game hunting. I just don't know if that's for me. So wrapping my my head, sorry, around hunting, I think, you know, yeah, starting with a quail and being able to work with dogs in that way is like a really nice way to get into the sport. Yeah, really nice introduction. and and, uh... Yeah, and I haven't tried you know dove hunting or duck or you know so i maybe not the best person to ask but well i mean in my eyes i think you were the perfect person to ask oh uh, well no but because you're here like you right. are here you're putting in the time you're putting in the effort and i mean from what like i said i should have been here a lot earlier it sounds like it's it's paying off you know, it's you're you're here and, and you've done had some really good shots and um just I really hope you you know keep on keeping that. In one hand, she's awesome because she Only on is one a hand? brand she's she's a brand new shooter. In one hand, she's awesome because she's a brand new shooter, and she's shot you, you shot clays like once. Yeah, with Heather. <laughs> so, I mean, I've been shooting clays for three years, and you started out your second time on live animals. That's that's amazing. Like, I was so proud of you today. Like, <laughs> holy crap. Like, she she just learned how to mount, and she just learned how to shoot at this stuff. Like, I've been practicing my mount for three years, and you got up there today, and it, by the end of the day, you looked really natural. Um, and the mount is the biggest thing and I can't, I can't hit for S H I T. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) like my mount is great, but I can't, I'm not great at hitting stuff. So you're, you're backwards, but you're in the right way. I should say, does that make sense to everybody here? I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. That's so nice to hear. I have to say, too, I probably wouldn't be like this introduction and being here uh, with Quails Forever is amazing. Like, I wouldn't be able to do this otherwise without all of you. So if you were wanting to get into this sport and wanting to get into hunting, Quails Forever is a great organization. Fist bump. Fist bump. Fist bump. <laughs> Definitely a fist bump. And that is one of our, yeah. you know, here at Vots QF, one of our, our three, our three uh, 
primary missions are part of our mission statement. One of the three is um, engagement, uh, you know, re- engaging hunters, and and we're trying to do it at a family level. And you heard that that Morgan was you know, uh, encouraged by her husband, who's actually on our board. He's one of our committee chairs. And while that's not a f- hard stretch, it, it's it's showing that this is a family activity, can be a family activity, as well as it can be a solo activity. It's, it's, it's just uh, very easy to cross a lot of bridges and, and tie a lot of people together. But still, you get comfortable with it, and you spend enough time, and even without dogs, you grab a shotgun and decide you're going to go do it on your own one day and go walk some hills or take your spouse's dogs and and that you have as much a stake in their life and and well-being as as your spouse and and go run them through some brush and go look for for birds and it's it's just. Uh, uh, a really in my mind a a, a very clean and and wholesome kind of back to nature be a part of nature feel and you know i'm on my almost well i i've been doing this a long time and and uh, i still I don't know if I get a, I don't get as big a kick out of a bird flushing for me as I do a new hunter around me. Oh, I'm, so I can't even do the noise. Um, but uh, it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Can you give her the mic for a second? I, I've got to get hand off the mic. Cause I can't do it. I want to hear your your quail. I can't do it. Here you guys. Here you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> going to make that most sound for Roosters and now. sharp tails are much easier to emulate. They they actually make a noise uh, other than yeah, just with their wing. cackle. Well, or ch- laugh at you with well, your yeah, sharp tail. Chuckles. Um, the, the, the big thing is, though, we have... The women here are very courageous uh, because this wasn't... this To say, hey, you're coming to a camp right now with... We only have one female board member at the moment, and that's Heather. You got to hear from her earlier. But it to face the intimidation of a camp run by mostly men in a unfortunately male-dominated sport, um, and something that is as nebulous and almost feels secret and mystical as running bird dogs and the mysteries of wing shooting and metaphysics. Um, for these for these women to come up here and participate in this has been just kind of inspiring kind of reinvigorated me and i think the rest of my board's feelings about we're doing the right thing and really enjoying getting whether they're committed hunters like larissa and and uh heather and and tanya is committed and uh, clear down to our newer folks like sarah and morgan it's 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 just really awesome i'm i'm really enjoying this and and it really makes me feel like you know this is a a very worthwhile program that we want to continue to invest in and keep keep doing this and 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 hopefully convincing these ladies here for this inaugural one that they're going to be mentors in the coming years so so i am really curious though morgan um 
what was the facet that made you want to take that step? In this, you know, with, with Trevor coming home saying, "Hey, I want to take you hunting," you saying, "Hell no, I won't go." To, to <laughs> that's pretty much how it started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wondering, like, where, like, where, where did that go into? Okay, I'll give this a try. Like, what, like, what was that nexus that that got you here? Britney's. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think he wanting to get a hunting dog. That's been a big part of it for sure. Um, but also I think, you know, talking about like field to fork, um, he would bring home quails in the past and clean them in our backyard. And I have a little tiny Shih Tzu who honestly, she loved it. Like he would bring these quails home and they'd be in the backyard and she was so interested and loved it. And then we had like this big feast one night where we had like 10 little quails that my husband smoked on our smoker. Honestly, one of the best meals I've had. And you know, you, you can't buy that in the grocery store. No. And so it's a whole experience to it. And so it's like, if we're going to get the dog and I enjoy eating quail, you know, like be a part of it, see what it's about. Can, can I tell you what my favorite moment was today, Jesse? Did it have to do with a Brittany? It did not. <laughs> okay, then you tell. Okay. So so we're back at the truck after our last hunt, and the dogs are pretty played out, and it's 1130, starting to get warm. I think we were high to mid to high 70s at that point. And I said, so, so what do you think, Morgan? And she's like, I really expected to see more birds. <laughs> and, and i said so so you think we we see birds every walk and she kind of looked at me and she she was like well i didn't know what to expect but i thought we'd see more birds and <laughs> it was it, it I, I was a little crestfallen i was trying not to laugh but it it, it put it into perspective that you know um when you see when you're watching something on outdoor network or one of the the hunting channels they're always in birds there's always in game it it's and what you aren't seeing is the 30 hours of editing in between each of those passes mm-hmm. um and, and and so making them understand especially we're down you know last year we had a phenomenal gambles years because of the winter rains two years ago we've been in drought for 18 months since then and so our bird numbers are down um and i had to take a step back and say wow you know like most of Arizona or the United States, they don't know how serious this weather event or non-event has been to our bird populations. And, and, and she didn't have any real expectations. She just, based on anecdotal evidence, thought we would see a lot more birds. And, and it, it, it was just kind of, to me, it was a cool moment because it was a, an actual conservation and ecological discussion and some of that that was very casual and very quick but a a really just kind of cool moment and and of course our wildlife biologist snickered at me as i tried to explain it larissa just kind of laughed at me as i fumbled through the explanation you did a great job (laughs) (laughs) i thought i thought the same thing like my first hang on 
My, my first couple times going out, like, you you see stuff like, uh, oh, what's the Disney princess movies? Like, oh, I'm going to be the beautiful princess wife. And, and it's what, like, media portrays to you. And you watch the outdoor channels, and you're like, there's birds everywhere. Um, it, it, it makes you appreciate how much harder it is to get one of these things. And yes. how hard the dogs work. Mm-hmm. And how, like, we had one covey today, and I got to shoot twice, and that makes me appreciate it. I'm like, that's all I got. But you know what? That made it worth it. But, and that's all you get. And if you get one, that's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we only had one covey as well, and Morgan chose not to shoot. But. <laughs> that's because we needed to start with the clays and then and, it would have been like that is yes! taken under advisement we're going to have a Friday afternoon mandatory clays session I think going forward That was and that was fun and I think putting some of you ladies into some uncomfortable shooting situations um, really built confidence in your gun handling your gun mount your target acquisition it was it was it was a brainchild we'd had a long time ago and really wanted to uh here was the chance to put it into play and show people that this is not range shooting this is this is you know i i think the the celtic isles call it best when they call it rough shooting because it is rough your your gun mounts rough your footing's rough um you know and and getting all of your senses to key into that flush instead of looking up where you've seen the target three times when you asked to see it on your rounds at the tra- clays course. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, and that's, you know, you just, to follow that up, but you don't get that opportunity at the clays course. You're not allowed <laughs> to <laughs> no. pace back and forth or to <laughs> stomp out across <laughs> the field <laughs> as you're, you know, pretending that there's a bird out there or that, that you've got a dog on point. And so being able to do that in the field without the added pressure and surprise maybe of the actual bird flushing, you know, eight different directions is very helpful. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't have called it for myself an uncomfortable situation as much as almost a novel situation because we just don't get that practice at the clays, you know, at the clay center. It's been kind of a do or die kind of thing. Yeah. Before this. Right. Either, either you get a good melt on the, on the, on a flush or you don't. Yeah. You don't get a chance to practice that, you know, and, and I, that, that was very beneficial. I felt, you know. Right, get that I chance even, to practice. Like, and you know, as, as a hunter who has shot birds on the wing and who does shoot plays, and I, I shoot. Uh, Heather, yeah. Heather, we're going to make you start over. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get like six of these mics. Yeah. Six more of these mics. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that I got a lot out of the the clay shooting today and because those are situations that we're not, you know, able to practice on a, you know, anywhere. And, you know, out in the field, you, you know, shooting a wild bird, you don't always get that opportunity. And to be able to practice those situations out here um, and practice getting your gun mount correct every time was definitely hugely beneficial beneficial to me i mean i i have shot birds on the wing and i have missed birds on the wing and the disappointment in my dog's face is what encourages me to be a better shot they make you feel bad <laughs> yes they do and yeah, you miss yeah. 
That is not a look you want to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more time, I'm getting a new owner. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, no, I got a, I got a lot out of it, and I, I totally noticed that I was not getting my gun mount up where it should be every time. And towards the end, I was putting more focus on my mount. And, you know, in the beginning, I was putting more focus on my feet. And, you know, I was thinking about it too much. But towards the end, I put the focus on my gun mount, and I was hitting more consistently. Um, but it, that practice you don't, don't get, and it was hugely beneficial. And I greatly appreciate it. So I, I do have this curiosity, though, with, like, obviously this is, we, we've talked about this is like a, a novel approach to doing this. At a range, what would you want to work on the most? For me, I, I would want to work on, you know, starting low gun as if I'm carrying my gun in the field and mounting my gun on the launch after the bird's launched. You know, it's not before you say pull, it's, you know, after, you know. After, when that launcher goes off, you're looking for acquiring your target, mounting your gun, and taking taking the shot. So if... I mean, that's that, I mean, you can, that's the only best way that you could simulate it on, a qui- yeah. on, on the clay's course. I mean, safety is the utmost, you know, priority yeah. at the range, right? You know, and it, it's not, not that we're not being safe here. We're being absolutely safe, but you don't have these opportunities. You don't have yeah. someone sitting there. You don't have all these mentors there, you know, critiquing your positioning, pr- critiquing your gun mount, critiquing, you know, telling you where you are on the shot. I mean, for me... Yeah, yes. I mean, for me, I was I was over on my shots, and I know when I'm over on the shot that my gun mount's not up where it needs to be. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, you know, that told me that my mount's wrong, and I need to correct that. So I mean, it it was great, absolutely beneficial. I mean, walking up as if you're walking up on a pointed do- pointing dog, you know, and the bird flushing. I mean, this was great simulation. <laughs> Oh, I'm just gonna hand mine to Larissa, but I didn't have my thing all trapped up. I think too, you know, at the range, the more seasoned shooters, I mean, I'm not one of them, but the more seasoned shooters at the range would say like, well, you can practice your gun mount. Cause you can, you can lift, you know, up from your waist or down below or whatever. But the thing that you can't do is, yeah, exactly. You can't shoot while you're in motion. You can't, you can't turn mid stride and adjust your weight on your feet as you're, you know, moving forward to suddenly switch a direction to to aim at a bird. And that I think was what was most valuable for me today was was being able to see like, yeah, how do I correct my my gun mount and how do I where are my feet as I stop forward motion and focus on a bird. Yeah. And you just you can't get that at a gun range. They won't let you. You know, you can't pace mid stride and do that. What I learned today, sorry, was um, an upper lower body thing. So at the range, you are always like this, right? And you just do this. Whereas today, we had to use our lower body, and you had to turn. So I made, I made, sorry, I'm messing up with the cords. I made one mount today when we were doing the um, clay targets, and my left heel was on top of a, a, a rock. And I was like, oh, and all I focused on was that versus where I'm at, you're at the range. It's always a flat surface, right? You're like this. So 
Yeah, the whole thing where you're on a, what is it, like a terrain. And you, you're like you, you learn how to focus up here versus what's going on down here. That was, that was a big thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what that noise is. I'm going to say this, though, that, that I kind of put, I gave, I gave all of our ladies some, some pretty tough shots, and especially one where it's a flush kind of, kind of back shoulder, like a back shoulder fade in football, and, and having to see that, no, you don't step into it. At that point, you have to step back. Um, you know, it, it, it was a little unfair for them, but at the same time, when we came back to some of the other shots, you saw that confidence go through the roof on their ability to, to step into the shot and adjust and, and be on that uneven terrain. That, that, and it was, it was it's just kind of cool to see all of them gain confidence. One, we had to force her to show the confidence she'd gained, but uh, she did good. They can keep them. Well, whomever wants to keep them on. We're just playing round robin at this point, anyways. Um. Yeah. No. It's 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 been pretty awesome. And, um. So I guess I should just ask. Um. Just we're, we're gonna. This is gonna be a long episode if we keep on going. <laughs> but uh, what do you think has been the best takeaway thus far? I know we have another another day of this hunt left. But like, what do you guys think? has been the best part of this and you know what do you look forward to maybe working on uh in the future on your on your own after this event like the next progression of your of your hunting he's taking the whiskey whiskey. (laughs) i like your style um for me learning how to shoot and work around the dogs and dealing with the different terrain. Like, like I'm very much a, a range-trained person, and it's only my second time out in the field, and I want to get better at it. Like, I want to shoot birds. I want to hit birds. I want to kill them and eat them. <laughs> Sorry, veterinarian. <laughs> um, yeah, just to, uh, to get better to learn how to focus, and my focus on the head of the bird at the leading edge of the bird and to get them and, and then make the dogs happy. Like I want, honestly, I want to see a, a bird in the mouth of a dog and bring it up to me and be like, I love you. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to see. Yeah. That'd be that, great. That I picture agree. right yeah. there, that right there. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I see a bird down here. She's talking to you. I know. <laughs> I know someone have a litter of Britney. I want to make the dog happy. That's the animal lover in me. <laughs> All right. I'm game. No, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, definitely looking forward to keeping your own. I think it would be... I'm a, I'm a newbie. I want I want to get a bird, and I want to get a bird in the mouth of a dog and bring it to me and be like, I love you, dog. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, if you were to get the bird today, and Lucy would have brought it back to me or work. Well, I get that. Yeah, no, they could bring it to the handler. But it's still I think for me, this what was so far the most important thing about the weekend is just 
the opportunity to ask any question I have, I ever had, from a total beginner's perspective to somebody who's a little bit more experienced in certain parts of the whole thing. And there's never any kind of judgment saying, you've been shooting for a couple of years, you're supposed to know that. And I'm like, well, I don't. And there is, there is no judgment there. Everybody is open, everybody is willing to share. And there's even difference of opinions, but it's all out and open and you can pick and choose and try different, different varieties of, of how to do the same thing and then choose whatever is most comfortable for you. I mean, not everybody mounts the gun the same way and you just kind of have to try different ways and different people explain things in a different way and that's yeah, part of the big you. reason why I came here. I asked the same question multiple times, multiple different people. And I can, I, I, I have the right to do that. Nobody's gonna gripe at me like, we just discussed this, but I'm like, no, but I wanna, I wanna hear your opinion and I wanna know how you use this tool. And I think that's, that was my great expectation for this weekend and that's been fully fulfilled that, that I have the opportunity and I'm gonna pester Pat with more questions tomorrow, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess we'll just finish this out round robin stuff. You want to do so? What about you, Miss Heather? For my expectations for this weekend, I really uh, didn't. I don't set expectations because for me, I yeah, my expectations are preconceived. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> I'm, you know, I think I. So far, I have gotten a lot out of really watching some new hunters come out and fall in love with the sport, fall in love with shooting, and, and hone their skills. And it's amazing to watch, watch women do things because women really, they put a lot into everything that they do. They really do. And when a woman wants to do something, she gets things accomplished. Um, and <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just that. And you spark a fire in a woman, and that fire is going to carry. And it's, it's only going to get bigger and stronger. And I see you having a bird dog in your future. I know that, it, <laughs> I know that it's, it's coming in most future. And I look forward to seeing you ladies working with your dogs and shooting birds over your own dogs. Um, but this is, a, this is a great learning environment. I mean, I have learned so much from the guys from Quail Forever. I really have. Um, you know, I signed up for a shoot, a hunting trip two years ago, ended up a board member, helped Larissa get her first bird over my dog. And, you know, I mean, I've learned so much being a part of this organization. You know, I love hunting quail, but being a part of habitat con conservation for quail and um, other species out there is it's all part of the hunting experience. Right. And um, getting to teach new hunters, getting to teach new shooters, I, I thoroughly enjoy it and, and helping to be a spark for that fire. That's pretty awesome. I, but before I thought you were gonna take the headset off. I was just about to. No, before <laughs> you do that, um, when you were in Miss Mo and Miss Sarah's shoes, 
what with your what you know now with your experience now what's your bit of advice to that to that new next generation of shooters don't take yourself too seriously don't put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect you don't have to be it's learning <clears throat> and let allow yourself to learn ask the questions you need to ask i i had never handled a shotgun before i went shooting with my husband for the first time i'm like i don't even know how this thing works that you just put in my hand you know i mean i was totally intimidated by the shotgun i was totally intimidated by birds flying over my head and i'm going to shoot at them but there's people in the field with me like i was completely intimidated by the whole experience i've peppered my own husband yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that explains a lot <laughs> He's still here. It was so. full accident. I mean, he'll I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah. now. Is it pepper or shot? No, I shot. I shot over him, oh, and you know, I mean, he was down in a ravine. I was up on top, and you know, I mean, he wasn't taller than the ravine, but my my shot showered over him, and he's like, "Hey, I'm edit. down here," and I was like, well, "I shot the bird. <laughs> I got it." <laughs> Shot the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> this is a quail hunt, dang it. <laughs> it was. I shot it. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's been a it's been a complete learning experience for me. And I am a perfectionist, and when I do something, I like to do it perfect. Um, and that's my goal. But you know, just don't take yourself too seriously. Don't put too many high expectations on yourself. Allow yourself to learn. No, that's pretty sweet. So, Larissa, uh, I guess it's kind of along the same questions. Like, what's your biggest takeaway? Any expectations you had? Um, goals? And I think uh, it's hard to follow up with what these gals have said because I think they've said it all. But it's pretty, been a pretty um, awesome panel. Yeah, one of the things that I think uh, Heather kind of alluded to, you know, it's really fun for me to watch a woman come into this as a newbie or as a novice and you know I'm still very much a novice in many ways but um, it's just been fun to watch and it always is fun to watch somebody new come into this and catch the fire but as a as a mentor like for me um, on other events and even just watching everybody here the different styles that's a real learning curve or a real learning tool for me to see like okay, Heather does this, and Tanya does that, and Sarah does this, and Morgan does this when they shoot, and, you know, Paula does that. And, and so seeing what works and being able to watch as an observer in an, in a, I don't know, in an informed environment, I guess, and then having the mentors that are here with the Quell Forever chapter and being able to put the field input together that we see and the verbal advice and mentorship yeah. and the coaching from the, you know, the more experienced hunters and, and then trying to implement that myself um, is always fun. Like we kind of made the joke back and forth today 
you know, with every round of shooting, Pat or somebody would say, now try this and now try this. And then, you know, Heather would say, but don't think about it. (laughs) Yeah, don't overthink it. Yeah, don't overthink (laughs) it. And yet there's, you know, a list of 10 things that you're all supposed to be thinking, like where your feet are and where your hands are and where your eyes are. And are they looking down the rib of the gun? And are you, where is the gun mounted and where's the bird? And But don't think about it. (laughs) And so, you know, that was kind of the standing joke, but it's very much the case. And and I think Heather kind of said that too earlier, that, you know, when you don't think about it, when it is much, it becomes much more instinctual. Those movements and the gun mount and responding to the bird quickly, um, those are the times that you get the shot, as opposed to the times that you're you're walking up thinking like, I've got to mount the gun this way and I have to look at this and I have to do that and where are my feet and where am I, you know. And and so for me, I guess, personally, just uh, in hunting upland birds uh, or hunting, you know, anything wing shooting, uh, the trick for me is to become much more instinctual and not overthink it, to be able to just respond because I think, you know, as women, like I'm very much a perfectionist in many ways too. And so... I second guess myself and the times that I just trust the instinct. I'm almost always on point when I just go instinctively or I react, you know, instinctively instead of thinking through things and you can really think yourself into a bind. And so just trying to become much more natural and fluid in those movements and, and responses to birds is what I would like to work on personally. No, it's that's definitely right there. I'm gonna pose the same question to you though. I asked asked Heather, because you've you've been hunting for a few years now. And, um, what's your bit of advice that's for somebody that's just getting into it? Like, I well, you asked the question earlier. You know, is quail a good medium to start with? And and I think quail can sometimes be really intimidating. Like, I was grateful as as maybe uneventful as my very first dove hunt was that you know doves are easy doves you get you have multiple shots typically (laughs) you get you might get 50 shots in the morning you know opportunities at least yeah Yeah, yeah. down in Yuma and so and so there's a lot more opportunity to practice and to implement what you learn and what you see at the range and what you do at the range and so you know for me that was a really good entry way as opposed to like I'm going to go out and hunt quail and you know hope that I can hit something that's flushing out and making my heart pound because it scared me out to death as well and so (laughs) so being or surprised me you know and so uh, with a dove you you're it's much more predictable I guess even though they move and swing and and you know fly different ways um so I would say you know give yourself that opportunity if you can as a as another wing shooting sport to to try that and to hone some of those skills because that at least gave me some basic confidence that like wow I really can hit something on the wing <laughs> and uh and then yeah I think Heather hit it on the nose like don't take yourself too seriously like don't be afraid to ask those questions I I was very hesitant when I first started to sound dumb or you know I mean I'm I'm a biologist by training and I feel like there's a lot of pressure that says well you should know these things and but I wasn't a hunter by training or experience and so you know 
I knew what a 12 gauge was, but don't ask me to tell the difference between a 12 and a 20 gauge or a whatever, what a 410 was, like I had no idea. And so, and you know, even the difference between trap or clays or skeet at the first bit. So ask a, those questions and- There's a big thing to say, there's a big thing to say, sorry, interrupt. Um, a big thing to say for semantics. So like what one person calls one thing versus another could be the same thing. And you don't want to sound like an idiot, but it's probably the same thing. Like you say trap, I'm like, well, that's the thing that goes that way. You know, <laughs> like it, it, it's the same thing, but you don't know how to call it from one conversation to another. Yeah, so it, that's again, you know, that's the perfect thing to say. It's okay to ask and don't be afraid to ask. Don't don't think, I mean, because it has traditionally been a, a very much a male-dominated sport. And so I think a woman coming in can very easily be intimidated by like, well, I don't want to sound dumb and I don't want to, I don't want to think, well, you're just a dumb little girl. And so, you know, ask those questions. Yeah, and that's a stigma we need to break that, that, that a woman should be, because when boys and young men are learning to hunt, they ask those same questions and we don't ridicule them. But be, we need to make it clear that those same questions can be asked by anybody, that we all right. have a place that we're coming from to learn. And uh, it's, it's just really unfortunate how the sporting world evolved. I mean, it, it's great that we have these traditions, but it hasn't been very inclusive gender-wise. And, and we need to ensure we're, we're uh, making these opportunities. And, and women are giving each other these opportunities to to ask the questions, to learn these skills, to to just have a general understanding, even if this isn't their heart's desire to go out and stomp through the desert every weekend, that they at least have an understanding. It's a very natural part of the world, and uh, I don't know. I, I, hunting should be for everyone. Yeah, and I, you know, you brought up the perfect point there. Like it, I think it's really key for adult onset hunters. I don't think it's necessarily gender specific, but yeah, we need to be able to include anybody, whether that's male or female, that's an adult that might hesitate to ask those questions. Like, it's okay to ask those questions. There, there are more barriers, though, to the, 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 the double X chromosome has more barriers than True. the XY parent. True. I, I would like to add to the, I don't need that. Yes, you no. do. Yeah, you do. Jim Bigel. I'm not necessarily a microphone talker, but I would like to add to all that that we also need to include the youth folks because they are a new, our upcoming generations that, that are critical to this this and every other hunting sport. Yeah, I'm fully 100% agree. Yeah. I'm going to take this off now. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to... I'm gonna open it up to, to Mo. I'm sorry. I, I, um, do you prefer Morgan or Mo? I should have asked this before, like an hour ago. Either. Either doesn't matter. Okay. Big Mo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'll get up to Mo. Um, taking along the same lines. Um, what? Other than seeing more birds. What were, <laughs> what were your expectations? <laughs> what? Like, was an expectation? coming into this hunt that maybe was realized or not realized other than Pat not being able to put you on birds. Ooh. 
Ooh. No, two flushed oh, right in front of me, so that's not true. That's not true. I take personal exception to that. Um, I honestly, I didn't really have any expectations coming into this weekend besides looking forward to seeing how the dogs work in the field and hunting with the dog. I was very interested in checking that out. And then this afternoon's, um, clay shooting session was a really great addition and surprise. Like that was amazing. Um, and a takeaway for me from this weekend is I think this is an amazing introduction being able to be out here with all these amazing women because I think that's just made me enjoy it so much more that we're all like working together and, and all the guidance and watching each other and the camaraderie. It's, it's been really wonderful. Yeah, you guys all bonded very, very quickly. I wish a lot of my hotshot crews bonded so quickly. Um, That's the nature of women. It, you, it was really awesome to see. Depending I, on the women. Depending on the women. I, I've got to ask, and now you as, as a prospective bird dog owner, you know, with, with Mick and Reese, the first brace, uh, we weren't really in cat's claw. And you're, you are a natural animal lover. And I, when... My, my smoky dog is a hard runner. He doesn't slow down for anything. And he was tearing himself up in the cat's claw. What, what did that give you? Did that give you pause in your thought about bird dogs? Watching how willing he was to throw his body to whatever. I mean, you can see that dog would, would kill himself to find birds. Were you, what were your thoughts on that? I'm just curious. That was surprising for me, actually, like that he got cut up, especially like on his lip or his tongue. And um, but it, it was amazing because it didn't really phase him. You know, like, honestly, he was like loving it so much that, oh, I have a little blood. I don't care. I'm 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 out. I'm gone. He was actually irritated that I kept wanting to rinse him. Yeah. yeah. And like help him out. He was like, no, you're wasting my time. I want to get back out there. He's bit by a squirrel. You let him go. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's something I didn't really realize, you know, that there's potential for them to get caught up on all the prickles and cacti and potentially get injured, but, yeah. um, in the desert, but you know, they're trained and they know what they're doing and they, they are cool little professionals. Yeah it's, yeah. it's like watching NFL defensive backs just running out there i mean they, they're just so athletic so amazing and i don't care we got we always have the breed jokes but any pointing dog any flushing dog any any dog that knows their business is really a joy to watch and i'm glad you got to enjoy that but but i just was curious because you are a, a known animal lover and watching you know Smokey ended up tearing up both sides of his face and the cat claw and 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 those of us who know Smokey well know that that's just what Smokey does, you know. That right? dog's, dog's a freight train. He is. He, mm-hmm. is, he is the most. He is an incredibly. Well, athlete. it's also interesting too because he got injured, but Fergus didn't. So Fergus has a little more. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to call it common sense, but he has a healthy self-preservation instinct. <laughs> he also Whereas, likes paper towel. Yeah. yeah. He also <laughs> destroyed a roll of paper towels in the camper this weekend. So, yeah. at 14 months, he's still a little shit, but... 
Um, I, I think it's five. Mo, I'm going to give this to you. I'm stealing this from Jesse. What are your closing thoughts for this weekend? We got one more day of hunting. What do you think? I think that this weekend's been great. Everything about it, the Horseshoe Ranch where we're staying is so awesome. Everybody that's here and being able to be out with the, like on this ladies hunt is so great. I honestly think if I was out with a bunch of men, not being a total newbie, not knowing what I'm doing, I yeah, I would be way more intimidated than I have been. And I'm really excited for tomorrow's hunt because I feel like, you know, if we flush some birds, I probably will take, take multiple shot. shots. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Badass. Well, ladies, thank you for coming. You, you all have been so much fun. Yeah, can't thank you guys enough for jumping on here, being on the podcast. I, um, yeah, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Campfire. All right. Yeah, campfire bound. I need another beer. Campfire. So. Whiskey. Whiskey, right. campfire. Thank you guys. That was good. Good. Good job, buddy. Waiting.